your Saturday morning source for everything Huskers. Turn, hand it off to Minner, hit in the backfield and drilled. Again, 13's there to make the tackle. Nebraska wins its fifth national championship. Giving you an inside look at everything going on in Husker Nation, this is the KLIN Husker Hour. Strike three called, and the Huskers are the Big Ten Conference champions. That's it, got it, underdog, and then one, exclamation point. Now your hosts, KLIN contributor Cole Stukenholz and KLIN reporter Matt McMaster. Good Saturday morning. Welcome to another edition of the KLIN Husker Hour. Memorial Day weekend. Husker baseball. Hopefully playing a doubleheader out in Omaha today. Be taking on Maryland once for sure. If they win, they get them another time uh, in a true semifinal. Uh, they need to they need to win three games in two days to make the NCAA tournament at this point. And uh, yeah, some football commitment, uh, transfer portal announcing. A lot, lots going on here. Uh, thanks for joining us. I'm Cole Stukenholz. Uh, we'll have Michael Brunts from Husker 24-7 uh, coming on shortly as well. Uh, he's been covering that Big Ten tournament and uh, will uh, help us break down what Nebraska's got left in the tank. What are they doing with the pitching? Uh, we'll get his insights and uh, see if we can see if we can figure out what Will Bolt's bunch will have in store for you today. Um, and Boy, with the way that they came in to this tournament, you, you saw that they were, you know, kind of trending in the right direction. They got the sweep over Penn State and took two of three out at Purdue to finish up the season. You go back to the Creighton game, that's six of seven wins to end the regular season. So you, you felt like maybe they were putting it together. You felt like they had a shot. And the first game, Against Rutgers, I mean, they they built the three-run lead, then they fell behind by three runs, then they took that three-run lead right back just to seesaw the game, uh, but ultimately got it done. And it's funny, looking back at that game, uh, who kind of struggled there at the end? It was Will Walsh. And then you fast forward to yesterday, and Will Walsh gets the ball after going an inning and two-thirds on Wednesday, and he gets the start Friday against Michigan State. Elimination game, do or die. And he goes the distance. Uh, incredible outing from Will Walsh. He had those longer outings in the season, so you, you kind of knew that he was capable of it. But in this spot, in this setting, at Charles Schwab Field, and he goes 104 pitches, complete game, four-hit shutout. In tournament baseball, it's critical that you have a game like this if you are going to emerge from the loser's bracket. If I remember right, I think South Carolina, when they won in, in 2009, or no, not 2009, 2010 and 2011, I apologize, they, they won on the last year of of uh, Rosenblatt in the first year of T then TD Ameritrade. And they got, I believe both years, like really out of character, long pitching performances uh, from Michael Roth was his name. So for, for any team that falls into the loser's bracket, and that's what happened when Maryland hit that walk-off home run on Thursday night in the bottom of the 10th, Anytime that happens, you're going to need a really, really, really good pitching performance. Like, lots of innings, not very many runs, if any. And Will Walsh did exactly what you would want him to do. I mean, short of throwing a no-hitter. Four-hit shutout, and it gets you to the day where you've got to play two games and you didn't have to use anybody out of your bullpen, you can't ask for better than that. Huge, huge performance from Will Walsh. And, and frankly, 
for a pitching staff that that's had its ups and downs, it is it is on the right side of things at this point. Obviously, the Rutgers game was uh, a little bit up and down. Couple unearned runs to Shea Shanneman. Uh, Kyle Perry gave one up as well. And when you look at Emmett Olson, he didn't make it out of the fifth inning. He may be able to come back and pitch maybe as soon as today. Jace Kaminska, his outing against Maryland, incredible, holding down that offense to one run in six innings. Got out of a couple of jams, loaded the bases twice, but hey, made it out unscathed both times. Maryland got their one run. Nebraska got their one run. Huskers just couldn't bust through either. Uh, and and they had to go up against not one but two Maryland starters as Maryland brought in their third starter to more or less close the thing out. They brought him in in the 10th inning. So the fact that Nebraska has gotten these types of pitching performances this point in the season, not not knowing who you start today, it may be Jackson Brockett, could also be Emmett Olson. I don't think you'd start Emmett Olson quite yet, but you never know. Uh, other guys, Drew Christo, uh, Kyle Perry, you, you may see those guys uh, get the ball to start. You may see him out of the bullpen. Uh, Brett Sears, Jake Buns uh, would also be likely candidates as well. But the fact that you've gotten to this point with performances like that, with Kaminska going six, and then Will Walsh going nine back to back days, uh, it, it's it's really helpful to give Nebraska a shot. And and honestly, at this point, it's all you could ask for. The way that the season went, pretty good success in Big Ten play, other than that sweep at the hands of Iowa. Obviously, you dropped two or three from Maryland. Those are the only two series they lost. But the midweek struggles is the reason why Nebraska is not playing for seeding. They're playing for their their lives. They're, they're fighting to stay in it. If they lose today, here at 1 o'clock or in Game 2, whenever that may be, uh, they're done. And that's tough. A, a team like this with the talent that this team has deserves to be in the NCAA tournament. They should have earned their way into the NCAA tournament. But they've stumbled. They, they did it to themselves. So they've still got that opportunity and they've still got a really good opportunity based on the way that the pitching has gone. You've given yourself a chance to get to Saturday with a pretty stocked bullpen. At this point, the only guys you may not see today are Jace Kaminska and Will Walsh. Uh, Shea Shannon and Corbin Hawkins both pitched on Thursday. I think you could certainly see both of them back in action today. Uh, and, and like I said, Emmett Olsen... Maybe in a in a real high leverage spot late in game one, or potentially even starting game two if you get there. Uh, that that would put you in position to have your Friday night starter taking on Maryland in a winner take all semifinal chance to get to tomorrow's final. That's a pitching. Headed over to the other side, a couple of huge accomplishments. You've got Bryce Matthews. Late in that game on Thursday, getting to 2020. Pretty incredible. Uh, he missed the Purdue series, had 19 steals at that point, and he made it to the the Maryland game and got that 20th steal. Right before, I think it was literally the pitch right before the inning ended in the 10th, and then Maryland, of course, did what they did uh, in the bottom half. So. Bryce Matthews, the first ever Nebraska player, 20 home runs and 20 stolen bases. Uh, pretty incredible season uh, for Bryce. And he had a hell of a catch yesterday as well, uh, running out from his shortstop position out into left. Uh, full sprint, full extension, really good stuff. Of course, Bryce Matthews' dance partner is Max Anderson. Uh, he is now the first Husker in a while to hit 100 hits. He's sixth, maybe eighth, 
all time in, in terms of hits in a single season. Quite a few fewer games as well. Uh, some of those other guys have had more games to do it in. And his average coming into the Big Ten tournament was 412. Ho-hum yesterday, 4 for 5. He's up to 418 on the season. 418. Incredible. He's got 21 home runs on the year. Matthews sitting on 20. And Gabe Swanson, 17. Now, if you're if you're looking for somebody to step up in the Big Ten tournament from an unexpected place, I wouldn't say that Gabe Swanson stepping up would be unexpected. But he's been pretty quiet since that three-run home run uh, against Rutgers. 0 for 3 against Maryland. Uh, just one for four with a walk yesterday against Michigan State. So if if you want to kind of game this out, and, and it was uh, if if you paid attention to the lineup yesterday, you saw Max Anderson moved up from the three spot to the two spot. Casey Burnham going down in the lineup to the number nine hole. Maybe that tweak gets. I mean those those those. First three guys in your batting order now are Bryce Matthews, Max Anderson, Gabe Swanson. 20, 21, and 17 home runs. It's quite a bit of pop in the front of your lineup. Uh, ben Columbus helped deliver yesterday. Had two separate RBI hits, and then Casey Burnham with that uh, ridiculous hop on the, the triple. Drove in two more in the eighth. Garrett Anglin got back into the lineup. You might see you might see a big hit from Cole Evans. He had a huge game earlier in the season, but he's been kind of quiet lately. Started all three games in Omaha, has yet to collect a hit. And Josh Karen somebody else who you you may see maybe turn it around. He's Again, just like Cole Evans, three starts, zero hits from his catcher position. So Nebraska's had performances from the guys who have not been delivering in the lineup in Omaha. Now's the time they got to come through. It's going to be tough for Maryland to pitch around the top three in the lineup if that's the way that Will Bolt lines it up again with, with Swanson up uh, with Anderson in the, one, in the two and three spots instead of three, four. But the way that the way that Max Anderson and Bryce Matthews are playing, and 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 as long as you get a couple other big performances from other guys, whether it's Ben Columbus yesterday, whether it's Gabe Swanson with the three-run homer a couple days ago, Charlie Fisher had a couple hits in that first game against Rutgers as well. They're getting contributions enough from other places in the lineup. You just can't have what happened against Maryland where you can only score one run on four hits. You can't have that happen again. That's Nebraska's season low in hits. So pitching is is about where you want it. You've got everybody available for the most part. And in that lineup, Max and Bryce and friends, they, they've got enough they've got enough in the tank. To, to make some noise today. So first game is today at 1 o'clock. You'll hear pregame right here on KLIN at 1230. And then game two, depending on what happens with that first non-full winner-take-all uh, semifinal, uh, you may see Nebraska in that second game a little bit later, like at 9 o'clock. You could see it at 5. Uh, that one's TBD, but they're definitely going here at 1 uh, so keep it right here on KLIN for that 12:30 pregame start. We'll see who gets that start. Maybe uh, our next guest will be able to give us some insight on what's on deck for uh, from a pitching perspective. Uh, Michael Brunts, Husker 24/7, he's got it covered. Uh, we'll also uh, touch a little bit of football with Brunts. We had a little bit of news, you know, Elite 11 quarterback commit from in-state for my alma mater. Also, a big-time transfer. If you missed that, we'll tell you who's coming into the Husker football program uh, and 
softball season comes to an end, we'll run down uh, their finale uh, later on as well. That's all coming up here. I'm Cole Stukenholtz. Kenny Larrabee's got us on the Facebook Live over at KLIN Huskers. Right, up, right back after this with Brunts here on the KLIN Husker Hour. Your Saturday morning source for everything Huskers is right here. You're listening to the KLIN Husker Hour on Lincoln's Husker Radio, 1499.3 KLIN. Always ready for a, uh, a random complete game four hitter coming out of uh, coming off a tough loss. Always ready, just like that is Michael Bruns from Husker twenty four seven. He's he's about to show us what he's got left in the tank from a pitching perspective here, just like Will Bolton friends. Uh, Bruns, how are you this morning? Not bad. How's it going? Uh, doing good. Uh, on a scale of of one to uh, let's say like Jabba Chamberlain pre two thousand five season, give me your level of surprise uh, at that Will Walsh performance last night, going complete game. Yeah, I don't. Complete game. I'm, I uh, I would not have bet on it um, <laughs> for sure. I I think I think I probably would have been comfortable saying about four or five innings, and I I think that's uh, about as far as I would have gone. But yeah, I mean, just uh, improbable and just really kind of <laughs> almost stress free. Kind of, it, it was like a Sunday drive through the Michigan State lineup. I mean, that, that's what it kind of felt like at times, as as, as in control as he was during that game. But yeah, I mean, that's, uh, that's the kind of performance you have to have. If you're going to, you know, even give your, your, yourself a punching chance today against Maryland, because he saved the bullpen in a big way. And, and now Nebraska has probably got about everybody uh, who you, you would hope to be available to be available um, for, for whatever is going to happen today. Yeah. And, and, Let's let's game that pitching out a little bit, right? So you know they've got to win two today and and get another tomorrow if they're going to make it through. Uh, what arms are they going to go with? Do you think uh, in in this first game uh, we know who's going to start and and when could we potentially see Emmett Olson and or Jace Kaminska again? Yeah, it's it's kind of interesting with you know how you play it now because. You know, you, you've got most of your high leverage relievers at least able to do something. I mean, I I can't imagine that Shea is going to be able to go too deep um, in, into a game today. But like, you know, he could go out there and give you probably you know twenty twenty good pitches, maybe thirty good pitches. I don't know, but um, you know, they've got options. I mean, you got you know, Garza still hasn't thrown in the tournament. Um, you, you haven't seen Drew Christo yet. Um, Kyle Perry, I think, is probably uh, more of a relief option for him. Jackson Brockett is the one I'd probably watch just because um, he hasn't thrown yet either. Um, so they, they've got they've got options, um, and, and you know the fact that you at least have guys that you feel good about throwing in a, a tight spot like Hawkins at least available. Um, that, that's a good sign. So you know you you kind of start looking ahead to you know the what ifs. I mean they if you're in Nebraska, you kind of got to get through the first one today. So I, I think you've kind of played to win that game before you even start considering the what if of, of trying to have somebody ready to go on Sunday. But I, I you know, Emmett Olson, I think is probably more likely for a, a shorter stint today than, you know, Jace Kaminska is still only two days off, of, um, uh, you know, thrown, thrown yesterday. So I, I would Kaminska to me would probably be more likely to come back tomorrow, if at all. I mean, I, I would be a little bit surprised if he did. But uh, you know, Will Bolt even said a couple of days ago that you know potentially Olson would be, you know, a later in the week option if they got that far. So that that's certainly in the cards. Michael Bruns from Husker twenty four seven joining us here on the K Lion Husker Hour, running down Big Ten tournament in Omaha. Hey, Max Anderson got his hundredth hit of the season yesterday, uh, first one in college baseball to do it this year and Bryce joined the 2020 club on Thursday getting his second or 20th uh, stolen base to go with 20 home runs how much if any maybe um, would it maybe kind of tarnish their legacy if they if they don't get these three wins in two days and make that NCAA tournament as the team leaders here their junior seasons oh I don't, I don't think too much I mean I you know the, the they've done both this season about anything, you know, all you could have asked from them. I mean, I, I don't think that, uh, 
you know, certainly they're not going to be thought of, I think, in the same ways as some of the guys that are, you know, were on like the College World Series teams, uh, you know, in the early part of the century. But um, just from a numbers perspective and, and, you know, what they've been able to do uh, this season, I mean, they're they're right up there with some of the, you know, better hitters I've ever covered in this program. So, um, you know, legacy-wise, I mean, I, I think the numbers will probably speak for themselves. I mean, especially Max. I mean, this is, you know, a, a guy that, from the second he made, you know, started playing college baseball has been hitting and hasn't stopped. And, um, you know, I, I think that's going to be more of the legacy versus, you know, whatever is going to happen with the team this year. I mean, certainly, you know, the way things have played out has been disappointing for everybody, but um, I, I think most people will probably, um, you know, be able to separate the two. I mean, I, I, I just don't know. <laughs> Even last night, I mean, you've got Max beating out infield singles and, yeah. Um, and everything else. So I, I, I don't think that, that'll hurt them too much. But, yeah, I mean, it it, it is kind of too bad, though, that uh, if they're not able to get it done this weekend, that, you know, both of those guys have only played in what one NCAA tournament in their careers. Yeah, and you, you gave us uh, a little bit of insight into your, your betting habits. Give me a bet on, on who you might think of to make an unexpected contribution from the lineup today, a la... Ben Columbus yesterday with a couple RBIs or a Gabe Swanson three-run home run against Rutgers. Who, who do you have your eye on in the lineup today? Yeah, I, you know, I, I don't. You, you kind of wonder. You know, a guy like Casey Burnham um, had had really been struggling, um, at least in terms of uh, of results. I mean, he's hit the ball pretty well. I think just doesn't have anything to show for it. Gets that completely random. Super Bowl bounce last night, and sometimes something like that can just kind of shake a guy loose. Um, so I, I'll I'll go with him, and then I'll give you another guy that is you know there, there's due, there's overdue, and then there's what Josh Karen is. Um, <laughs> I, I think I, I think I'd, I'd if you're if you're looking on the improbability scale, just based on how the last probably six or seven games have gone, I, I, I think Karen would be your guy. So. Uh, maybe one of those two, but um, you know, for for Burnham, I mean, they moved him down in the lineup last night. He's, he's really kind of had some tough luck at bats, but um, you know, he, he's kind of a spark plug for him. And you know, if they're going to do anything today against Maryland, I think you're going to need somebody like him to to step up and probably give you a big hit with guys on base. Maybe that crazy hop over the uh, first baseman's head for the triple yesterday kind of shook something loose there with him. We'll see. Um, on on to ba- uh, on to football, I should say. Uh, big quarterback news uh, coming in in the span of about eight days. Raiola commits to Georgia. Kalen decommits from Mizzou, then commits to Nebraska last Saturday. Uh, possible fringe benefits like getting his teammates or other in-state talent aside, uh, how important is it to sew up a quarterback commit for Matt Rule's first full cycle class? Yeah, you know, it's it, interesting because I, I think if you know obviously they were all in on Rayola and they were going to let that play out as, as long as it was going to um and I think you have to I mean I think that's the right approach but you know the, the fact that they were able to I think thread the needle a little bit with Kalen and, and you know be able to double back on him I, I that, that was really important because I don't know that beyond him um you know there were a ton of obvious options uh, that they were going to go I mean I, I think if if you didn't get Kalen or if he was going to be, you know, stay with Missouri or, or, or elsewhere, um, there, there's probably a strong possibility that they were going to have to go portal diving again um, for a guy in that, that class. I mean, I, I think that's probably where things were headed. So, you know, the, the fact that you're able to, you know, get a local kid, um, you know, a very polished, um, talented local kid, I, I think is really big. Um and, you know, that, that way you didn't kind of have to go, you know, you, you don't want to call Danny Kalen like, you know, plan B. He was probably like plan one, one A, uh, I would say. Um, but, you know, the, the fact that you didn't kind of have that uncertainty, I think that's, that's pretty big. I mean, I think you can, you can be fine, you know, going into the portal and finding quarterbacks. There's always going to be talent in there uh, every cycle. But, um, you know, to, just to kind of have your guy, you know, set and, and in your class in, in June. That, that's really, really important, I think. Not only that, but the fact that he's playing at a program like Bellevue West that's churned out the offensive talent that they have. You've got a couple wide receivers there that Nebraska and 
a lot of other Power 5 schools have their eyes on in McMorris and Hall, plus his network with a lot of the kids at the Omaha schools. How important from an in-state perspective is Kalen's commitment, just in terms of of trying to build more talent uh, into this class from within the borders? Yeah, no, it's big. I mean, certainly the, the you know Hall and, and McMorris that you mentioned. They've also got some guys in the twenty twenty five and twenty six class that you know are, already have you know power five offers uh, that are going to be playing with him this year. Um, you know, he, he's connected through the Warren Academy to a lot of a lot of those kids. Um, you know, the the other kind of fringe benefit of having a local quarterback commit is if you have a big visit weekend, you know, he, he's an hour away. Um, and can come down and, and rub elbows with guys, and you know Nebraska is going to have to you know take I think you know probably four wide receivers, five wide receivers in this class. You know they're, they're really short on numbers there, so um, you know having him nearby to come down and kind of peer recruit um, that, that's a real nice bonus for for Nebraska's efforts. And you know you just kind of look locally, uh, you know the 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 talent um, is improving. It's getting identified earlier in their careers in high school. And I think you're kind of seeing the reflection of that with some of the early power five offers and, um, you know, definitely kind of having the, the, the alpha quarterback in the area, you know, committed in your class, you know, speaking about how great Nebraska is. I mean, you, that, that's kind of, that's pretty priceless right there. Uh, Cause it's, you know, it's one thing to, to hear it from the coach and, you know, whatever, but, you know, to hear it from the guy that you'd be potentially catching passes from that, that's pretty, pretty, pretty important. I think that uh, you have that kind of a voice there. Yeah. And and by the way, the Bellevue West quarterbacks are are trying to catch up with your Millard North quarterbacks. It's, it's going to be baby steps for us, but you know, we're, we're chasing down Eric Crouch and and the like over there. It's a different game, different game. (laughs) (laughs) They, uh, you put those two offenses side by side, the uh, the early North North offense and Bell West, and it, it wouldn't even look like you're playing the same sport. Yeah, it, a little bit of a different game. Hey, we'll we'll get you out of here on this. I, I know you you'll probably get a a press pass into Folsom Field, but uh, um, any anybody in your orbit looking at dropping a, a house payment on tickets to the Colorado game? Uh, I've actually got a few, you know, family members in Colorado um, who are already had their, t- their season ticket holders, so um, they were they were set. Um, <laughs> they're trying to get everybody else to go with them, and that's kind of where the the, the block is happening because everybody's like, ah, you know, four hundred bucks. I think I'll just kind of stay in the in the parking lot and. Uh, <laughs> Four hundred, four hundred fifteen bucks buys you a lot of beer that you can drink in the parking lot. Put it that way. Um, but yeah, that that's uh, that's been a, an ongoing discussion in the family is uh, is how many people are going to try to go to that thing. And I guess I guess uh, the very the very different amounts that people are paying to try to get into that it's ridiculous. Like, yeah, I don't know. It, <laughs> you used to think that it was crazy that like you remember Texas Tech used to make people buy the entire season ticket package. Yeah, for for the Nebraska Texas Tech game, and that was pretty bad. Like, this feels like five degrees worse than that. Well, tell them all to bet on the Josh Karen, uh, you know, clutch home run today against Maryland. He's due, right? Yeah, if you if if you you know would have said at the start of the season that you had Will Walsh throwing a complete game shutout in, in the Big Ten tournament and Gabe Swanson sitting on eighteen home runs, you could probably have gotten into. Uh, probably get maybe one ticket for the Colorado Nebraska game. <laughs> just one, just one. Uh, Michael Brunts, uh, Husker 24-7. He's always got a ticket to the KLI and Husker Hour. Uh, Brunts, uh, thanks for the contributions this morning, and uh, we'll be seeing the coverage uh, of the rest of the Big Ten tournament, all right? Sounds good, thanks. All right, Michael Brunts, there he goes. Uh, good stuff. Uh, I didn't know you had family out in Colorado. They're uh, going to make their money back, it sounds like, some of them. At least they're thinking about it. Money talks. Tell you what, those Husker fans, they're going to turn that place red again. Dion's not going to know what to do with himself. Him and that giant cowboy hat and monster truck. I don't know. Whatever his act is. Nebraska's over here just getting Elite 11 quarterbacks committed and getting transfers from the Pac-12 while the rest of the Pac-12 is like, hey, are we going to have enough money to like operate without a, a decent media deal? I don't think they will. Uh, all right. Anyway, uh, we, we can't get to that Nebraska-Colorado game soon enough. We can't get to the next segment soon enough either. Uh, we'll tell you about Nebraska's latest portal edition. 
uh, as well as my thoughts on the Daniel Kalen commitment as well. That's all coming up next here on the KLIN Husker Hour. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k, and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Fishing. Giving you an inside look at everything Huskers. This is the KLIN Husker Hour on 1499.3 KLIN. Our thanks to Michael Bruns from Husker 24-7. Just joined us in our last segment. You missed him. Uh, or if you just want to hear it again, you can always, uh, of course, subscribe to the KLIN Husker Hour on your favorite podcast feed. It is easy to find, easy to download. Uh, you can also uh, find us on Husker Max or at KLIN.com or on the Facebook Live right now uh, at KLIN Huskers. That's where we're at on Twitter, too. Hey, uh, with Daniel Kalen's commitment, as uh, as we were just discussing with Brunts, um, it does a lot. It checks a lot of boxes, as, as we in the uh, radio business like to say. It checks the quarterback box with with the way that this program is set up right now from a roster perspective. You have Jeff Sims for two more years of eligibility. Obvious starter. And then you've got Heinrich Harburg and Chubba Purdy in your your backup roles, and, and they've both been here for a couple of seasons. Well, Chubba Purdy's been here for one season, but he's got uh, a couple years in college already, so those guys are are going to be out before you know it, and so you need to backfill with a high school freshman. Frankly, you can't you can't just portal everything. Um, so the fact that they've got a high school freshman quarterback is is nice. Just just from that standpoint alone. Number two, the fact that he's an in-state quarterback is another box to check. They didn't get. I mean, they didn't even really pursue Zane Flores from from Gretna, who went down to Oklahoma State. Uh, if you go back before that, uh, you can you can kind of do the same thing with uh, the kid at Creighton Prep, the Easton Stick, uh, who went to North Dakota State, ended up with the Chargers in the NFL. So it, there's been there's been talent. In the state, even at the quarterback position, that the quarterbacks you think, yo, you got to go to California, you got to go to Texas, um, you know, wherever, wherever the big time high school football is. Nebraska has been producing that type of talent, so the fact that you can get that guy to be the quarterback for your class this season is important. So your your quarterback box, your in state box, um from the standpoint of getting other top talent in the state to stay, uh, we, we touched on that with Brunch as well. This is a guy who has relationships, not just at Bellevue West with his teammates, who, by the way, are two of the top four players in the state at wide receiver, uh, Davon Hall and Isaiah McMorris. They are both playing with Danny Kalen, but Kalen knows a lot of the other guys in Omaha as well, just through the other the other organizations that are helping to develop the local talent uh, in, in football for this state. Other guys in the Metro that Daniel Kalen knows include Caleb Benning and Caleb Pyfram and Teddy Rezak and Donald DeFran Jr. and Ashton Murphy. Uh, these guys know each other from all the camps, all of the other organization stuff like the Warren Academy 
Uh, they they've played together in in youth youth leagues coming up as well. So the fact that you get a guy from the Omaha metro area in Bellevue, the third largest city in the state, by the way, don't let anybody tell you it's Omaha. That is that's hugely important too. This is a year that you're going to have more Power Five talent in the state than you've seen in the last few years. I mean, if you just look at the commitments in terms of 24-7's top Nebraska high schoolers for the class of 2024, you go all the way down to number 11, Eric Ingwersen, tight end from Papillion La Vista, he's committed to Pitt. Number eight on that list, Teddy Rezak, he's committed to Notre Dame from Westside. So these are, these are really, really good players from in-state. So if you end up getting six, seven, maybe even eight of them to commit to your program. Those are, those are guys that are, number one, a little bit easier to get because you don't have to go as far to get them. They can make it in here for official visits. You can kind of build on, the, on each subsequent visit every single time they come up here for a practice, for a camp, uh, to be on the sidelines for a game, which is the number one thing you're trying to do with every single high school recruit, get them here for a game day. But also from the standpoint of they're a lot more likely to stay if they're not getting playing time that they want, if they're not playing a role on the team that they think they deserve. In this era of the transfer portal, you see guys come and go all the time. And in my opinion, it's a lot easier for you to go if you're further away from home. If you're if if you're not as close to the people you care about as you would be if you were playing for your in-state school. If you get a Nebraska kid, they're more likely to stay at Nebraska. So the fact that you get Daniel Kalen in the boat right now and have him kind of helping to peer recruit those other Nebraska kids. That's that's going to help get them here, and the fact that they are in-state is going to help keep them here, in my opinion. So those are those are the boxes that you're checking with the Daniel Kalen commitment. Obviously, would this staff have liked to have gotten the commitment of Dylan Rayola instead of Daniel Kalen? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. Uh, I, I don't know that you'd find too many people out there that would disagree with that. But it also doesn't hurt that you're flipping a guy away from Mizzou. So, you know, that's that's pretty fun. Um, the other big news from football this week was hitting that transfer portal and, and going to get another offensive lineman. Um, Nebraska's gotten a couple of portal offensive linemen already since Matt Rule's been hired. Obviously, the big addition is Ben Scott. He's your likely starting center. Uh, but they also went out and got Jacob Hood from Georgia. You'll give him a little bit of time now um, to to probably develop behind a, a start around and see Hood starting. But Ben Scott, I think, certainly will uh, with all of his experience coming from Arizona State. But now you go get another offensive line prospect. Uh, this one from Utah. He came in and took an unofficial visit and committed either the same day or the next day earlier this week. That's Tyler Nock. Uh, he visited Monday, committed Tuesday. Uh, six foot six, three hundred five pounds. Originally a three star, and picked Utah uh, over Kansas, Arizona State, Minnesota, among others. And he only played, didn't play. He redshirted one season uh, with the Utes program. Was over there uh, in the Pac-12, and now comes over to Lincoln. So he'll have four seasons of eligibility. Uh, left to use he's this is nice he's not one of the kids who was active in 2020 so he doesn't have the COVID year to remember uh, we're we're starting to see the light at the end of that tunnel uh, with guys that are transferring into Nebraska and other programs uh, you don't have to do the the funky math with that extra year hopefully for for very long um, the other thing six six three oh five uh, pretty good size and and is a tackle prospect so your likely starting tackles this season, assuming that Prohaska is healthy enough to to go and, and can stay healthy, 
you got Teddy Prohaska on the left and, and Bryce Benhart on the right. So you have a chance to develop a guy like Tyler Knock, a uh, guy like Jacob Hood. Those guys are both big enough uh, to play the tackle spot. And it gets you another body on that offensive line to work with. Um, it gets you somebody else for Donovan Raiola to, you know, not have not he didn't this guy's not gonna have pressure on him to start. So get in there, develop him, find what his skills are, get him get him coached up and and figure out what he's gonna be good at and where he's gonna fit best in that offensive line. So that's what you're looking at uh with that latest transfer from Utah. Um what Nebraska has left in terms of transfer portal. Uh, I'm not sure. They may be pretty close to that 85 number. Um, not all those decisions in terms of who's not going to be playing uh, football next season for Nebraska, but but may take the quote-unquote early retirement package. Uh, that's all yet to be publicized, but I would imagine they're pretty close to that number uh, as of right now, that 85 scholarship number. Uh, we shall see. So uh, that's where Nebraska is at football-wise with the commitment of Daniel Kalen. And then also with the commitment of portal transfer, Tyler Knock. Uh, when we come back, run down the end of softball season, uh, they end up coming up short in the NCAA tournament, fought hard, had a, a huge comeback win, but but couldn't quite get it done in their last loss. Um, also, track and field is uh, still going with the NCAA championships and a pretty cool award for an incoming Husker football freshman. We'll tell you about that as well when we come back here on the KLI and Husker Hour. Giving you a complete review of the Huskers news this week. This is the KLIN Husker Hour on Lincoln's Husker Radio, 1499.3 KLIN. Rolling along here on your Saturday morning, of course, we will have Husker baseball here on the air a little bit later on this afternoon. It's a one o'clock first pitch over at Charles Schwab Field, Omaha, and so pregame will be right here on KLIN at twelve thirty. So uh, make sure you are uh, listening in while you're watching along on uh, Big Ten Network. Turn down the TV, turn up the radio um, with Nebraska kind of winding things down it's uh, all over for uh another spring sport softball uh they fell late to wichita state wichita state's nationally ranked nebraska uh fell to them six to five in their final game of the season that was uh last friday they they had a shot to to stay in it <clears throat> excuse me and uh just fell short um they they or excuse me, they they lost to Wichita State earlier on, beat UMBC, beat Wichita State, and that game, they had to come back twice in the last inning of the game, down with two outs and down by two runs. And they did it both times and staved off elimination. Uh, And then in their final game, uh, they lost to Oklahoma State, who was the host of the regional uh, down in Stillwater. Uh, pretty pretty good season uh, for Ronda Ravel's squad. They made it into the tournament uh, and made it to a regional final, uh, taking on Oklahoma State uh, and and doing it on the road. Uh, and they knocked Wichita State out, a team that had beat them, I think, all three of the other times that they had played uh, that season. So, uh, tough loss, and uh, we congratulate them on their season, Nebraska softball, uh, finishing up down at Stillwater. Uh, track and field is still going. They set uh, actually a school record. Out in Sacramento in uh, the first round of the NCAA tournament out there, uh, it was the 4 by 100 relay team, Brithen Sr., Kavian Kerr, Lorenzo Pison, and Garrett Colland, uh, 39.03, uh, the third fastest time out of everybody, and so they qualify for the championship. Um, there's plenty of Huskers uh, who are in championship contention, including uh, some of the the best that Nebraska has to offer in Axelina Johnson in the women's shot put and Max Otterdahl in the discus shot put. Uh, those guys, uh, those guys and gals, both uh, award winners uh, throughout this track and field season. So uh, they're they're competing out there still today in Sacramento. 
uh, to finish up the NCAA uh, championships. Uh, again, with baseball, they have that last chance to dance today uh, to keep their season alive. They've got the semifinal. Not an elimination game for both teams, but certainly is an elimination game for Nebraska. Uh, they're taking on Maryland uh, here at 1 o'clock. And I think one of the things to keep in mind, this team would have been in the NCAA tournament already had they figured out some of the stuff with those midweek games. Uh, and that's going to be short of Nebraska winning three games in two days, which I think I think they're capable of, and we've laid out the ways that that can happen, and certainly the fact that they've got that full bullpen available to them thanks to Will Walsh's complete game shutout yesterday is is going to help them in that endeavor. Uh, but it's unlikely to to make it that far. You, you've got to get by Maryland twice today. And, and so far this season, Maryland's taken three out of four against Nebraska. So should they fail to win the Big Ten tournament and and not qualify for the NCAA tournament, the legacy of this team, I think, is going to come down to those struggles in the midweek. And I don't know what is is ultimately going to be kind of laid as the the reason, the chief reason why that happened. What was it the the team's overall intensity or focus? Uh, was it the the pitching performances that were just inconsistent from your your fourth fifth starters essentially those guys that aren't making those starts on the weekend uh, was it bullpen decisions when to pull a guy when not to pull a guy leaving a guy in too soon you know giving giving a guy a, a chance who uh, maybe you wait for a little bit less high leverage spot all those decisions. Are they, you don't really know if they're right or wrong necessarily. They could be right or wrong in the moment, but so much of this is results-based, and so that, that kind of tells the story. I mean, Will Bolt and Jeff Christie uh, have had their share of criticism this season based on those midweek performances, based on some of those pitching decisions. And whether you want to blame it solely on that or not is up to you, but... Uh, they they have the hand and they're and they're they're dealing those cards that they have it's it's tough to to take just a single thing and and say well that's the reason why um it is the reason why they won't make the NCAA tournament if they don't win uh these next 3 games in 2 days the fact that they just you know couldn't rack up enough of those wins in the early season non-conference and, and in the midweek, but it, it would be a shame if they don't make it because the team's certainly talented enough. Uh, and, and I mean, the individual talent, I mean, it would be a shame to have an NCAA tournament without guys like Max Anderson and Bryce Matthews in it. And, and Emmett Olson, Gabe Swanson. Uh, oh, and, and by the way, congrats to those guys. Uh, those are the four that are, or no, not Emmett Olson, Shea Shanneman. I apologize. Shea Shanneman, third team, all, Big Ten, Gabe Swanson, second team all Big Ten, and uh, Bryce Matthews and Max Anderson, first team all Big Ten this season. Uh, Anderson, I believe, was a unanimous selection. Uh, so congrats to those guys. Um, but yeah, if, if they don't make it, it's midweek. And, and the midweek stuff comes down to, I think, more the pitching decisions and, and inconsistencies than, than anything uh, lineup-wise. But uh, there, there's lots that goes into it, and, and that'll all be hashed out throughout this week coming up if Nebraska falls short. Uh, they'll get their shot, though. They've got Maryland coming up here at 1 o'clock, and if they win, they get them again uh, later on tonight up in Omaha. Uh, we'll be right back to wrap the show up right after this. Uh, tell you about that incoming Husker football player. Uh, we've got a pretty cool award. Uh, that's coming up here on the KLI and Husker Hour. BU, start now. Husker football, basketball, baseball, and beyond. This is the KLIN Husker Hour on 1499.3 KLIN. Pretty cool news for uh, an incoming Husker football player. So if you're familiar with the Coles kicking camp, 
Uh, that's the nationally known and, and you know pretty prestigious if you're uh, part of that. Uh, the kicking camp uh, that's run out of Wisconsin that it was where Sam Foltz and, and Mike Sadler from Michigan State, uh, where they uh, both attended there before uh, their fatal car crash, uh, July 23rd, 2016. Um, that was uh, the the camp they were coming from. So they give out awards now in Sam Foltz's and Mike Sadler's honor um, for for various reasons. Um, and and this year the they just sent this out yesterday. The recipient of the Sam Foltz Award is Husker signee and Omaha Westside alum Tristan Alvano, uh, the incoming kicker uh, for Nebraska. Uh, pretty cool deal to. I mean, number one, be recognized in any capacity by the Coles kicking camp. That's that's as good as it gets in terms of your you know your high school prospects going on their way into college and uh, and then being able to be kind of one of the guys that that ushers in the next generation as as Foltz and Sadler were. They were essentially um, you know volunteers there uh, and and helping out with the high schoolers um, when when they uh, when they had that fatal car crash. So. For Alvano to be recognized by the camp is pretty cool, and and for it to be the Sam Foltz Award, uh, for it to be uh, a great Nebraska player, and and for Alvano to be a Nebraska native, and you know not punting but kicking, but you know those those guys are a fraternity nonetheless. Uh, really, really neat deal to to have Alvano recognized to be the Sam Foltz Award winner, uh, and from from Cole's kicking camp. So wanted to wanted to make sure uh, we shared that with you as well. Um, big news, uh, of course, uh, for today is Nebraska baseball staying alive. Uh, huge performance yesterday from Will Walsh, uh, four hit shutout, and Nebraska's guns blazing with that bullpen. Uh, as as Michael Brunt's kind of laid out, uh, the guys you could be counting on today uh, and potentially tomorrow. You got Jackson Brockett, um, Michael Garza, Brett Sears, Kyle Perry, Jake Buns, Drew Christo. Uh, that's that's guys that you could see kind of as your Johnny Holstaff uh, in terms of your your game today, and potentially Emmett Olson could be available to you know go for a a long relief outing in the first inning or the first game if it's a high leverage spot. You need to bring in a guy that you know you can get outs with, uh, or potentially if you can get through that first game unscathed, maybe you get Olson to start that second game, uh, and then potentially have Jace Kaminska ready to go for the Sunday championship game if you get there. That is the path, and it is, it's a viable path for Nebraska to, to make it through. Uh, it'll be tough. Maryland is the Big Ten champs for a reason. Uh, the offense is for real, even though they only scored twice against Nebraska a couple days ago. Uh, they are still dangerous. So uh, good luck to the Huskers. That's a 1 o'clock first pitch, 1230 pregame uh, right here on KLIN and potentially a game two. So uh, stick with us throughout that, and uh, hopefully tomorrow too. We'll see. All right, that's it. I'll see you next week. Go Big Red.